0: Welcome back to the OWA Talks podcast. My name is Stephanie. I am here with my co-host, Sandra, as always. And this month, our guest is Dr. Anne-Marie Lahr, who is the Director of Professional Development for Escalable Exotica Instruments Division. That's a mouthful. Welcome to the podcast, Anne-Marie.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So let's go ahead and start out. Why don't you go ahead and share a little bit about your background and experiences so we get to know you a little better?
1: Sure. So when I graduated from the Ohio State University College of Optometry in 1991, I just assumed I'd eventually join a private practice and see patients every day like I'd been trained to do. Uh, Then I moved to the Philadelphia area in 1993, and I just happened to contact the placement office at PCO, which is now Salus, and I ended up being interviewed and offered a position there, a position where I would run a private practice that the school was purchasing. Well, the purchase fell through and I had a year's contract, so they put me to work teaching, teaching optics of all things. I was pretty scared because um, they assumed I knew optics because I went to Ohio State, which is a big optics school. But in fact, the lowest grade I ever earned was in optics at Ohio State. So um, the good thing about that was I had to go back and learn it to teach it. Um, and it helped me understand how students didn't get it. So I think it helped me excel as a teacher. And it turned out things it, it turned out that things worked out really well. And I really loved teaching. To continue teaching, I went on to do a primary care residency at PCO as well as the International Teaching Fellowship in the Netherlands, which by the way was a real trial by fire, but definitely solidified my commitment to teaching, which I then did for the next 17 years. Uh, At the end of that time, I was desperate to upgrade my optics teaching lab. It was horrible. And the school at the time was not so interested in optics, much more interested in disease and medical aspects. So I reached out to Hoya for a grant and they ended up not only giving me a grant, but offered me um, a position as Hoya's director of education. Joining the in, joining industry in an executive capacity was also kind of scary, and it took me a while to adjust to the corporate setting, but it all worked out. I recently joined eslor Instruments as a Director of Professional Development, as you mentioned, and that's been a terrific opportunity for me to delve into and discuss one of my favorite topics, which is refraction.
2: Over the years, um, throughout your career, you've been involved with the OWA in a number of ways. Why do you think that the OWA is an important organization in the profession?
1: Oh, well, that's an easy question. The OWA is an amazing and diverse group of women that offers so much to empower its members. In pursuit of its mission to enhance and promote the leadership role of women in the optical field, it provides networking, education, and peer support. I believe membership in the OWA is an asset to all its members, both personally and professionally. On a personal level, I've made some great connections and friendships through my association with the OWA.
0: So like you were talking about, you were very successful in academia for a long time. What prompted that transition in your career over to the industry side?
1: Well, as with almost every good thing that's happened to me in my life, a lot of it involved uh, good luck and being in the right place at the right time. Uh, But also um, it required a desire to try something new and different. While I enjoyed teaching, I'll admit that I wasn't the perfect fit for an academic career. And I was interested in trying something new and I was lucky again, to be in the right place at the right time and was able to accept an opportunity in the industry as an executive in the industry.
2: You've been very successful as a career educator inside the classroom and and through the optical field. What do you see as areas of growth for
1: women in the profession? Oh my goodness. There are so many interesting opportunities available right now. For instance, for those uh, that are interested in the physics and science aspect of the profession, there's currently an expansion in the research and marketing of new products. And as the optical and optometric fields continue to expand and change, there's definitely going to be an increased need for women in teleoptometry multidisciplinary clinic development and management, and as contact at content experts on new and emerging technologies.
0: How do you think the social climate impacts the profession of optometry and the options that are available to women right now?
1: Well, as I'm sure you both know, and I'm sure we all know, that good old, boy, good old boys network still exists in segments of the marketplace, but they're either going to have to open up or dry up. As the percentage of women in the profession continues to rise, we will need to represent ourselves as leaders.
2: In your role as director of professional development, what are you focusing on right now? And are you using any new technology or tools that you can share
1: more with us today? That's a great question, and thank you for asking. I'm a self-described optics geek, and after many years of talking about lenses, I'm thrilled to be discussing exciting developments in refracting technology. Esselor Instruments now has three refracting systems. By the way, I don't call them phoropters. I call them refracting systems because they have no likeness to traditional phoropters. These refracting systems use digital infinite refraction, which is a vectorial method of refraction that translates the di- dioptric and degrees of an Rx into vectors of common coordinates and allows for the simultaneous determination of cylinder power and axis while maintaining a spherical equivalent in one 100 diopters it truly revolutionizes uh, refraction. And this is all made possible by a patented liquid lens module, which replaces the several hundred lenses found in a traditional phoropter with just three components. Uh, The result is an incredibly quick and accurate refraction that provides an incomparable patient experience. Because the patient isn't looking through a, a bank of lenses, the field of view is expanded from just four degrees to 21 degrees. And the patient doesn't just have to look at a boring old black and white chart, There are various landscape scenes and even a video to experience. I believe that this is the future of Refraction and I'm so excited to be sharing the message. That sounds
0: really cool. Um, (laughs) I'm an optics geek myself. So uh, I really like hearing about that stuff. Um, So how important is it for people to continue learning and growing throughout their careers as technology and jobs are rapidly changing?
1: Oh, It's just so very important. I mean, we not only have to keep up with the rapid changes, we have to anticipate and prepare for them. I mean, there's something awfully sad about a practice or a business that when I am going to visit them and I look and they have an outdated website. To me, that website streams to the world: this place isn't keeping up with the times. Um, and speaking of change, we either have to accept it or get run over by it. Um, teleoptometry, delegation of testing, expansion of scope. These things are coming our way and we need to embrace and own them.
2: So this year, the OWA has been working to engage more students studying optometry or opticianry to help them start building their network. What do you think students should think about while they're studying to help them prepare for their careers ahead?
1: Well, this may be easier said than done, but I think it's helpful for a student to begin to understand which aspects of their studies that they enjoy the most or find the most interesting and think about how they could include those interests in their career. For instance, if a student really enjoys the business aspect of the profession, she should learn more about it and use the OWA network to reach out to like-minded individuals.
0: Do you have any tips or suggestions on how listeners could go about seeking out for a mentor um, to help them achieve their career goals?
1: Sure. I mean, I think the OWA is the best place to start. There's real power and connection to women helping women. And the OWA gives us all many avenues to meet one another, whether it's in-person meetings, book club, recipes, or even a podcast like we're doing today. There are so many ways to connect.
2: As we wrap up today, we like to ask all of our guests to share their best piece of advice for the listeners.
1: Would you be willing to share yours with us? <laughs> sure. I don't know that this is the best piece of advice, but this is the best one I, I have for myself is don't be afraid to fail. Go ahead and try something new and challenge yourself. I've often asked myself, what's the worst that can happen? And sometimes I found out and the worst did happen, but we have to remember that we can always go back to where we were more comfortable or try something else. Life is short, go ahead and try, failure can be fixed.
0: Great reminder uh, that it's okay to, to fail and learn from that and, and move on. So thank you for that piece of advice. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it was great hearing kind of about the future of technology. Like that's the stuff that I love. So. Thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see everyone in our new episode.
1: Thank you so much for the opportunity. Love chatting with you.
0: Thank you.